welcome to the Scene World Podcast. Hello, hello, hi. Welcome to our new section with Dennis Karimani, Remute, and me. Yes. So, in a minute, um, I will talk to um, Sashaun Bailey, also known as Empress Nile, from the Valkyries Arcadia, the women, all women, a gaming group in Jamaica. And uh, she is actually related and the wife um, of Triforce Johnson, who is head of Empire Arcadia, which is the, well, how do you say, man gaming group. The player, of, he's the player. Exactly, the main player. And so now, now we are talking to both and um, learning more about women gaming in Jamaica. So that's that's about that. And before that, I've I've written down the news because quite some things happened. Um, first of all, shortly afterwards, you will listen to this. There will hopefully be a playlist with our Gamescom interviews from the business area of this year's Gamescom. I and Dennis we weren't present, but other will be next time. Next time. Exactly. Next year. But others of our group there. Exactly. And um, so I will link to that um, playlist, i.e. Dennis will put it on the social media as soon as it's we'll available. spread the word. Exactly, exactly. Yes, I mean, I mean, a lot happened at Gamescom. See, for example, Tears Nording announcing a new Alone in the Dark. Wow. You know, um, that was that was quite amazing. The first you know? survival horror game is back. Exactly. Yes. Well, most most actually say it's uh, known because it's an Amiga game. But I personally played it on the PC because I never had an Amiga when I was a child. Same and with me. Same with me. Yeah. So I'm more from the DOS side of gaming here. <laughs> um, Yes, and and also at the end of September, as it was announced yesterday, the new Monkey Island will be finally released. And that's also interesting, especially because we mentioned it in earlier episodes, people sometimes don't like the graphic style, but personally, I don't really mind it. I'm more about the gameplay and stuff. Yeah, I'm very interested about the um, about the storyline, the, the deepness of the story. I think that's that's more important than the art style. Exactly. Not a, not a fan of the art style too, but um, I think a, a good story is more important. Interesting. Yeah, I see the same. I think it's the same. Um, yeah, well, but also important is the music, and there is my first news item from my list, and. There has been a new SID play released, a new SID play that's a player for SID files uh, for Commodore 64 music. The first one for Windows since 20, 2005. And so it's actually SID play 3, and it can be downloaded from the um, Commodore scene database. That's quite nice. Wow, I mean, that's, that's a late update, I think. Uh 
couple yes. of years later. <laughs> yes, it's actually a new project maintainer um, that decided to, I guess it's a fork of what was originally um, released for um, for the uh, Windows machines. Well, the thing is, SitPlay, the whole thing is actually something that was um, invented in the um, late 90s, early 2000s by Simon White. But Simon White, I mean, I have been in touch back then because of um, of having a hard sit a PCI card back in the day and trying to get it and run in Linux. And he only um, worked on the Linux side of things. And so Windows ports were always scare of the sit player or sit play as it's called so um yeah and 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 you know after some point the the <clears throat> developers are like why would you need an update the old mm, player from 2005 still works in windows 11 nowadays but um despite that there has been updates to the ZitPlay engine afterwards. So um, it's good that now picked up the torch and continues the development, even for Windows users, which is nowadays still the largest user base, you know? Indeed, indeed. So it's a good thing. Yes. Um, especially for you, if you ever decide to release uh, Zit music of your own definitely, again definitely I'm, I'm i'm pretty much into sit music and um working on something but um still not there but probably in the future interestingly the reason why there was um a version released in 2005 for windows was actually me because um i discovered a bug in the player if oh, you okay. if you played any music longer than seven hours, <laughs> it would, it would, um, the music would ha hang ah, like a record, okay. you know. So you played, uh, you played music longer than seven hours and discovered the bug, yeah? Exactly, yes. Ah, because at, at some point, at some point, um, back in 2004, end of 2004, beginning of 2005, I was actually having different living conditions and um, I had a smaller flat where my PC and my Commodore 64 were in different rooms. I see. Okay. So the player was running on the PC unattended and after certain amount um, of hours going back from the Commodore 64 to the PC in the different room, I noted that the music hung. Ah, okay. So um, that is how how the bug was discovered by me and actually fixed and resolved by the developer. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, well, unimportant, unimportant nerd, nerd uh, knowledge. <laughs> well, um, coming to to uh, nerd knowledge, the uh, Japanese game developer Mashiro's. Sakurai actually created a YouTube channel about game development. 
And okay. of course, it's in Japanese, but with English subtitles. And that's quite interesting because, you know, um, because of cultural differences and stuff, there are not many Japanese going out and talk about that because of, well, how, how people are in Japan. So it's good to have somebody going forward and say, like, I'm going to the public and tell what I know about it, and I'm especially creating a YouTube channel for it. That's pretty interesting. That's quite interesting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we from Scene World, we are primarily focused on niche areas and um, talking to people and preserving knowledge about um, parts of the world where there's not much known outside of that particular um, region of the world. For example, today talking about Jamaica or um, in the future we will also have an interview of um, the computer history, home computers in Argentina. So things... Worldwide region. Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, that's about it. And um, the next thing I've got is that um, there has been a new release on Steam called Arcade Paradise, which is actually a game that simulates running an arcade hall business from, you know, bringing the trash out to cleaning the toilets to actually playing arcade games on simulated arcade machines. Amazing. So the whole business... <laughs> is covered there. That's pretty neat. So we will link to that. Um, I didn't try it yet because I didn't feel yet to clean the toilet in a, in a game, but I will try it out perhaps next it's an, month. It's an important task. I mean, the, True. I, I remember Theme Park, the game, you have to clean the toilets too, because True. if not, then the park would have to close down. True. True. It's a very important task. True. True. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, and another thing also released on Steam and other platforms is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Chura, um, uh, Kawabanga Collection by Konami. Um, that's quite interesting because uh, that collection not only has um, the arcade games USA International and Japanese, but also the Game Boy releases and it allows you playing certain games in the collection online via the internet or couch co-op. And um, it's a very accurate emulation. And interesting thing is they also implemented features like removing the flickering due to the sprite limitation of the NES, for example. Mm -hmm. So you can actually play the NES games without the sprite flickering and game slowdowns if you choose so. They were flickering a lot, I remember, but uh, yeah. they were great games, but flickering a lot. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Great memories of, of uh, the arcade uh, version on the NES. It's amazing. It's an amazing brawler. And um, I think it's, it's, in general, it's a pretty cool collection. I think 13 games, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Apparently. I think you get a lot for the money. Well, 
some YouTubers criticize that not all the versions of the games are included. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the Mega Drive slash um, um, Genesis and the Super Nintendo versions of all games. Um, but uh, but still, still, it's amazing. I mean, for example, if you want to have a legal way of getting the turtles back in time from the arcade in in yeah. in over 10 years i've never seen the arcade board anywhere on ebay for for buying yeah. so you yeah, could yeah. all you could only you know play it not so legal using mame so yeah, sure. I now mean, you have a legal turtles. way of playing the arcade indeed, game indeed. Even even Turtles in Time on the Super NES is, is pretty expensive nowadays as a, as a cartridge, and um, so True. we all want to play legally, of course. And uh, this, <laughs> this is a very um, very good deal for legal versions, I think. Yeah, and what I really like about about this collection is the attention to detail. You know, the sound emulation is good. The games are playing at the right speed, mm, mm, which mm. is always a problem with old yeah, uh, yeah. console games. I mean, for handheld and arcades, not an issue because handheld and arcade games always play in uh, 60 hertz, you know. Um, but but the NES, Super NES, Genesis, Mega Drive, um, Mega Drive games had different releases: 50 hertz, 60 hertz. Um, and even back in the day, many games were not properly fixed for the music. Um, for example, for example, there is this famous um, Robocop 3 for the NES that has the same music by Jeruntel as for the Commodore 64, but the NES has, a, has, no, has no lead voice. Yeah, but a tougher baseline, so better drums. But for the European release, the music is playing too slow because they focused on the American release, implemented a fix to slow down Jeruntel's PAL playing routine to yeah. play on the right speed on American. The difference is about 25%. But when they did the when they did the European release, they only fixed the scrolling of the graphics, so the game wouldn't crash because of timing. But they they never removed the adaptation of the music for American NES, so the music plays too slow because yeah. it's artificially slowed down as it would if it was an American. Um, or Japanese NES slash Famicom. So I guess it's probably something that back in the day um, a lot simply didn't care or they forgot or they didn't know or whatever. But um, it's it's amazing that only the American release has the music at the right speed of a European composer. And the good thing with the um, Kawabanga collection here and what what uh, well what Konami actually did here um, in those collections, they did other collections before. 
they really fixed on getting those details right. Uh, um, and, and that's really good. I'm, I'm really liking that because a lot of publishers don't care. You can buy a lot of um, you can buy a lot of compilations um, on Steam that is utterly unfixed, and yeah. um, there's not much work put into it. For example, when you play the first um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game, normally you you would you would select the character after you inserted a coin and so on. But since this is simulation and you and and it's not possible, they actually <laughs> included additionally a character select screen before the actual ROM of the game is starting. Oh, okay. That means the ROM of the arcade version of the game is actually started probably with an argument of the um, right turtle you selected prior to starting the actual ROM of the arcade game. So it's clever. It's adding something in front without modifying the game itself. It's really smart. So the people who worked on the collection really did I really didn't know what they were doing. So it's a, it's a great deal, as I said. I yes, yeah, well, some accurate, 13 uh, games, and, um, 13 games. and not only that, not only that, you also have, you also have solutions, guides, and the guides are interactive. If you, if you are in the game and you can look at the solution guides, there are even videos pre-recorded of how to how to um, beat a boss in a certain game yeah and they even included long plays okay. so you can actually let the game play by itself and then you can interrupt the game and continue playing at that part yourself very good including all the normal functions like rewind save load and so on so um they really put a lot of uh, detail and nice feature in the collection, so so I really like it. A, a lot of people said, "Why would why would I uh, buy um, the collection for for forty euros?" And um, that's too expensive. But if you notice all the details and all the work and the extra bonus material that was put into and they even put put into concept art and all that stuff so all that stuff many companies actually trash after a while it's all included in the collection so from historic from his from the standpoint of a historian it's really awesome if you want to have the knowledge and want to preserve it that's also a good option to buy this um, this um, um, collection, and and you can even you can even you even get the box art and stuff, and you can even wow. zoom from all sides, and it's in high quality and so on. So, whoever compiled the whole collection, they really went into lengths of getting all the material. So you are getting a lot more than in, in in other collections of that kind. Just my personal opinion. Um, well, so what's next about 
what's next about our news? Well, there's a new game that was, well, I guess it was released on Gamescom. I mean, that is where I where I saw about it. And that's by Dr. Wu, a.k.a. Christian Kleinzer, called Straight Up, which oh, is a four-player uh, four platform game. And you can download it for free. From yeah, the he makes, he makes amazing stuff for the C64 H. general, yeah. I think. Uh, it's a great guy and um, that's true. Good stuff. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Christian Kleinsler, we had him in the panels in the last years at Gamescom. We had him for the podcast. Very creative and uh, he never gives up. <laughs> cool guy. And, um, yeah. And as Tommy Tellerico once said, the advantage of of developing everything alone is it's cheap because yeah. you don't have to pay anybody else. You're doing it, doing it all on your own. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and last but not least, um, I also got the news that um, the former retro GamesCon organizer um, actually released a child book on, well, or is releasing a German child book on Kickstarter called um, um, Moses das Mondschweinchen, which means sweet, Moses sweet. the Moon Pig. And, um, <laughs> well, yeah. And um, now I totally forgot. Oh, give me What's it about? The Adventures well, of Moses the Moonpick. Yeah, it's actually a child book, so it's basically it's basically with pictures and stuff. <laughs> and um it's actually written under her um pseudonym called Paula Schwanitz. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. And um yeah. So we will link to that if we have German listeners. Who have small kids and want to help making a small um, child book coming to light. Yeah. Well, and um, that would be all from my side. I have here. So quite a lot happened uh, uh, since since August in the last few weeks. The scene is alive and true. Kicking. Yes, true, true. Yeah, true. I mean, I mean, there are many collections being released. I mean, we spoke about the Sonic collection recently, um, where people were disappointed about how the collection was done and that stuff. So it's it's always nice to report about col uh, collection where everything was done correctly and in yeah. in the way. People like me, who are very um, detail-focused, can say, that's awesome, going for it. Well, all right. And, and are there any news from you? Any news from Remute? Any music reviews? Anything we should mention? Yeah, just had a release on Minidisc, uh, additional EP release from... Um this is kind of bonus release for my Game Boy Advance album, Unity. The, oh, nice. the mini disc is called Division. 
oh. opposite of Unity. And uh, it has some pretty interesting industrial vaporwave uh, tunes on it and um, just came out. Awesome. And I'm um, always working on the next things. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things to come for sure. I'm never, never relaxed and sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I like how, how when, when I watch, when I look out for interviews with you on YouTube and you spoil something in an interview, I think it was recently it was for retro RGB or something. And, and, and the day later, it's actually in Wikipedia in your English article, like, and, and then it's, um, yeah. first mentioned in this and that interview, this and that album coming out. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's pretty quick, I think. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Nice. I think I saw a picture of that in your Facebook today, earlier today, or was it yesterday? Yeah, I, I posted, I posted it today, the mini disc. Today. And, um, Early. Pretty interesting because I, I, I like to do releases now and then on mini disc and uh, I, I only did re-releases of my previous albums from from the the last couple of years on mini disc but mm. this time this is an original release on mini disc uh, mm. which never never was released before and so um yeah i really like the format it's pretty handy and uh it has some kind of sexy early 2000s vibes <laughs> yeah if if i if i'm not mistaken it's a dead format by sony right somehow yeah somehow yeah it's 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 a kind of um um custom um compress compression um algorithm sounds pretty good um, it came even before mp3 was invented and um it was pretty fut futuristic back in the days and um yeah pretty cool to collect yeah, and, and, and there was not only a mini disc, but back then there was also a mini cassette indeed, indeed, format. Yeah. I remember yeah. that early uh, telephone answering machines had mini cassettes. Indeed. And, and I remember in the late 90s, there were people that had Discman and mini disc players too. Yep. yep. So it looked like... Um, it looked like um, a CD, but smaller from from factor, mm -hmm. and um, and it's interesting. I have, for example, I have a Technics um, stereo in my living room, and and the aux, the external external audio um, connectors, actually called DAT, which is the digital audio tape. DAT. Yeah. Um, so that's that was interesting, um, because early stereos had um, two external connectors, for example, aux or in my case DAT that was without pre-amplifying, and then you had phono for records that was pre-amplified. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you connected a device to it that wasn't a record player, you would actually get big disturbance noise. By Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super, super interesting. But anyway, we, we are not an audio dead format uh, podcast, but <laughs> just some nerding about audio yeah. stuff. And, and, and there are still 
people ordering mini disc albums yeah yeah i'm pretty surprised there's a pretty pretty um steady scene for it still buying mm -hmm. mini disc releases and also a lot of other labels are also releasing on mini disc and um you can find a lot of cool vaporwave music on mini disc nowadays and um mm. yeah it's pretty cool i guess the major issue is getting a player for it right as indeed, it's a dead indeed. format indeed yeah you have to check out ebay and uh, get a a fully functional uh, <laughs> mini display, which can be tricky, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, um, for example, nowadays you can get tape releases again, and yes. I actually, actually, yesterday I I've seen that Tiak actually four years ago they released a new double tape deck for hi-fi audio mm, equipment mm. to actually connect to your stereo from back in the day or something so that's super super amazing yeah so so either the people that order it from you already have a mini disc player or they need to get to get it from ebay yeah i don't know uh, i i hope they will get an md player because it's um it's pretty cool to listen from mini disc because it's um Actually, pretty high quality, um, almost CD-like. I don't, I don't hear a difference between CD and mini disc, to be honest. And, oh. um, so it's, it's a very cool, small, um, collectible item. And how is it for you as a producer? Is it expensive? Um, yeah, it can be tricky to to get mini discs. Uh, I usually get them like um, new old stock. Mm. old new stock <laughs> and um it's it can be pretty tricky to find some some supply of mini discs but um somehow i still managed to to get them here and there and um make new releases and um, it's pretty fun awesome so you might be the last musician ever releasing it if they ever run out of old uh, new old stuff yeah I'm, I'm i'm getting them all and um <laughs> and flooding awesome. with my music <laughs> awesome well so now <laughs> okay. we, we spent half an hour talking about news so now let's yeah. let's move to the interview let's go talk to you then bye bye <laughs> so we also got some little minute news that we didn't want to keep away from you so i will read it off first of all Joe Lewandowski, the person who led the Atari duck um, back in the day, and we actually interviewed in 2015 after he came to Germany for, um, well, a pass event at the Frankfurt Film Museum. He actually reappeared on eBay, either search for user Joseph... 1825-1289 or search for Atari Dick cartridge to buy one of those duck cartridges from him again. Um, yeah. And the second news is that in the, in the US the CRX 
event is happening between September 23rd and 25th. And as a part of this, during CRX show, there will be also the Bitscape happening on September 24th. More info on that either at the homepage crxevent.com for the CRX event or at facebook.com slash Bitscape showcase to learn more about Bitscape. That's it. And now let's finally really jump to Jamaica for the interview. Enjoy. Today we have another episode of our podcast and today we actually have two guests. And the first guest would be, you already have been on the podcast, Triforce Johnson, welcome back. And Empress Nile. And I wrote down, you are the executive director and manager of the Valkyries, right? Yes, I am. Nice to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. From what I've learned from the past interviews, you are actually head of, how to say, a female gamer group? Or how should I say it? It's a gaming group. Yeah, we're a female gaming division of Empire Arcadia. Division, okay, okay. We had covered Jamaica a lot in the past, and mm -hmm. especially female gaming. And I know when we spoke with, with him before, he said it's actually a big thing that's coming right now and i actually saw on your facebook you have recently been quite busy on also on events i saw oh yes anime exactly exactly so tell us a bit about how it happened that you do this what you do now how it all started it's me, I started gaming from when I was very young, like six or seven. Wow. My mom gave me my first PS2, and I, that was my baby, and then I had a Atari. And then time passed, those consoles broke, and then I grew up, and I met Triforce at a land center here in Jamaica. So there he showed me that there's this industry called esports, and it's about video games. People have teams. A select scores, award winners, and have records. And it's a multi million dollar, near billion dollar, billion, billion dollar billion. industry globally. Mm -hmm. And I got interested in that. And then he told me about the Valkyries, and I wanted to be more involved. So I worked, mm -hmm. and then eventually I moved up to executive manager and director of the Valkyries. And that's pretty much the rest of history. Wow, so you said you started as at six or seven, so how Yeah, my mom got me into gaming. Oh, your yeah, her mom. mother's a gamer. Okay, yeah. interesting. That's interesting because I can relate to that myself. For me, it was my grandfather when I was five. So I can totally relate to that when you say your family brought you to gaming because it's exactly same for me. And so you stuck with the hobby, kind of. Interesting side note, you said your consoles broke. How did that happen? Ah. She has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that and time passed and wear and tear and life. Okay, okay. Time passes. I see, I see. Because but now I have a Switch and a PC, so I'm moving back up. Now the question is, 
if the Switch is more durable than those old Atari machines <laughs> and the PlayStation 2. Actually, any, anything Nintendo is more durable than anything, so Nintendo systems tend to last long and, uh, longer than anything else. True. That's not to say the other machines are endurable, they're just not as endurable as endure, enduring as Nintendo. So True, true. So let's say, what's is there something you are specialized on? Is there a favorite kind of game or genre or anything? I like a mixture, really. Not really set to one. I like games with stories, character story there's an end, you fight with your friends and social games like that. And then when I need to vent, <laughs> I go to my first-person shooters, like Call of Duty, <laughs> and okay. I, I deal with the rage there. But when He's I'm not angry, I deal with story games. He's shaking heads. At the moment, he's a first-person shooter. Not nothing for me. <laughs> I'm not really into first-person It's not that I'm not into first-person shooters. I'm not into... Violence? No, because I played Doom and Duke Nukem and Quake and stuff like that. So I'm into fantasy first person. I don't like the concept of first person reenacting murder, a, a real life war. I see, <laughs> so, I see, I see. So it's, like it's games like, from a technical standpoint or from a game design standpoint, games like Call of Duty and Battlefield and those games that simulate real life history and war or their propaganda standpoint because it depends on what country you're coming from on it. I don't like those type of things because it's just like an entire generation has skipped war yet people are willing to actually play those games and it teaches a younger generation about that violence and it's, it's having you role play the soldier rather than you simply learning as a I don't want to say a scholar or anything like that, but rather than you learn, like I grew up watching the History Channel to learn about war. So there's context that's given to you as you're being taught what it's about. <clears throat> In a video game, there's no real context. You are the soldier. So you get to, in a fantasy way, kill people as a soldier from a propaganda standpoint. Depends on, I'm sure like in Russia, or China or Germany, war, like Call of Duty is not as popular because who are you really on the side of the scope of the war? That sort of stuff. That's why I don't like those type of first persons. I like the fantasy because it's got nothing to do with anything. All right. It's, it's All right. a video game, right. playing it, whatever. All right. Let's try not to get sidetracked too much. <laughs> I didn't want to create a discussion here, but what is the better genre or not? It was just something I noticed. It was interesting for me. Anyway, the most interesting thing is I actually got aware first before I was aware of him because I saw you as a moderator of events from the lab from Wayne Benjamin. So yes, you, I'm you the TV show host the for love. For me first, because I saw you were moderating a lot of those those events, those cosplay events. Yeah, actually, Anime Conference was the Valkyries' first, the Valk as a group, mm -hmm. as a brand first convention, and it was also my first anime convention ever. It was my first time cosplaying, so a lot of firsts and. What helped was we were already known in the community. We were already welcomed. 
and we had our own activities and we gave back to the community. So that was all around a good experience for me. I really enjoyed that and I look forward to having more. When was that? When did that start? What year? Anime Converse? I think 2017. 2017, yeah. I wow. could be mistaken because they said this is the fourth one. So you got to negate two years. Yeah. 2020 and 2021. So if you're talking about 2022, 2019, 18, 17. Yeah, it's about 2017. So it's half a decade already. Interesting. After the convention? Well, if you say yeah. five... If you say 2017, uh, that would yeah. be five yeah, yeah. years, if I'm, if my math is correct. I'm not good at math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So how was it for you to join all this thing and hear about him telling you this billion, billion dollar industry? It was really eye-opening because I love video games and to hear that there is an industry where there's people making a living off of gaming, not just playing the video games, but game designers, cosplayers, gaming refs. I researched more and you have gaming nutritionists, gaming doctors. I'm like, it's a whole, it's, not, it's just like actual sports, but electronic. So that really was a huge eye opener. And that just cemented the fact that I want to be involved in this some sort of way. So that's why I'm happy that I'm here. Okay. You said you have some plans going the going forward. So can you tell us a bit about that? Plans going forward. It's already the middle of the year and we have some events lined up. It's going to the fall slash Halloween slash Christmas season. So I have a few events lined up. And it's also my birthday coming up. My birthday is in two weeks. And wow. August 21st. The 21st on a Sunday. And every year I have events either leading up to it or on the actual day for the community. I like socializing a lot. So whatever I can do, I do it on that day. So I'm thinking about having a get together the day before there's a beach party. Yeah, beach getaway. A beach getaway with Anime Auto. That's another gaming, another anime entity here in Jamaica. Having a beach trip and where the Valkyries are going to be there. And the day of my birthday, I want to have a pool party, which invites everybody. I want it to be free. So we're big enough to hold a good number of people. And we have games and socializing and pretty much just chilling on that day. Food. And food. <laughs> That's see. a huge part. I see. I see. <laughs> ah, interesting. Interesting. So let's talk a bit. You said it started for you in 2017. Was it a bit like bef before you met him that you had a break in gaming or you you would say you didn't game as much until you became aware of cosplay and the video game industry that's coming now to, to Jamaica or how was that for you or did you always play I don't know gaming on a mobile or on other consoles regardless? Just so yeah. that we don't get confused, yeah. Anime Confest started in 2017. Yeah. Uh, I met her in 20, end of, no, 20, yeah, end of 2015, 2016. 2016. Ah, She's okay. been gaming prior to that. Yeah, so, so I, I, it ah, okay. sounded like you was mixed up the two. I thought that her gaming and this, this cosplay thing was coming at the same time. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So 
Anime Yara, no, not Anime Yara. Anime Confest is a separate entity altogether. They're they the ones they run anime and, and so forth, and they focus mainly on anime and cosplay. And then they network with entities in Jamaica that are in gaming, and that's how they ah, came across. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So the Valkyries brought some gaming into it as well, and they do cosplay. This, in fact, this was our first year cosplaying yeah. ever. First ah, convention, okay. first cosplay, okay. all the firsts. Okay. Here in Germany, the cosplaying and the gaming community is very much connected to each other. So it's basically a lot of people do both gaming and cosplaying. And I thought perhaps yeah. it's the same for you, or perhaps it was at the same time. So it wasn't. It was your first time at cosplaying this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Let me uh, put that corrected that. Alrighty. So, how is it for you cosplaying? How was it for you cosplaying the first time? How is the general... How was the general feedback you received? It was very nice, very nice. People were very interested in my character. I cosplayed as Erin Cory Odan from the Cameroonian game. It's called Legend of... Arian, Legend of Cory Odan. It's, it's an RPG. And that's not really known on this side of the world. So pretty much I'm the first person in the West to cosplay as the queen character. So people didn't know. So when they saw, they thought I was like from Zelda or something. And I was like, no, it's a game from Africa. And they're like, Africa? I'm like, yes. Wow. We, we create games over there. And they really loved, they loved the cosplay. They just wanted to know who it was from. And I think they went up and looked up who the character is and they liked the game. I think one person actually knew the game, and that, that was surprising. So, yeah, it was a very nice welcome. So You got a puzzle version of the game, by the way. A part? Just point it out. Yeah, it's like jump fight, like Bejewel. Bejewel, yeah. yeah. It's a, a Bejewel-type jump fight again. Ah, okay. So, mm -hmm. so you did a lot of firsts. That's interesting. This is why we do this interview, to cover things that are not much known outside of that little, I would say, bubble or community so that's quite interesting for me because when, when i talk to people mostly they cosplay games or characters from games that are pretty much known like peach princess peach from super mario Bros. or whatever or zelda yeah yeah laura cross exactly yeah but zelda, oh, mainly from anime characters as well but here's the thing with Zelda, however, it is, it's an exception because some people don't know that that Zelda is actually the princess and Link is the character, but that's a different story. <laughs> mm. That's true. Interesting. Yes. So let me ask you, how did you get involved in being a moderator for Wayne Benjamin and his game lab tv how did that happen oh uh, yeah i'm actually a tv show host for the lab and exactly that's pretty much yeah i was how did i meet wayne again I yeah i met wayne through triforce and i think i did a first episode i was just testing something i think yeah. and it actually came out and it was very well received and it went well so Wayne was like, why don't you just do this? Just be the host. That's it. You're in. I'm like, oh. And then from then, <laughs> I went into it more and more and did more shows. So I went from hosting the lab by itself to having two other shows. One is called The Combo, 
that is a review game where I go to different places around Jamaica. I sample food and I review it and I also review a new game. So I grade the game and the food in different places and it's a pretty cool feature. This next show is called The Experiment where the sage gets different games from developers. It's emailed to him and he's, I wonder what Sash would look like playing this. So you get our actual reaction playing the games for the first time on screen. Some games are very questionable. Mm-hmm. I saw a game with naked men, naked old men playing volleyball that I will never unsee that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a few horror games. So it's, you never know what you're going to get. And the, ex- the, the re- reactions are very raw and very real. So the, those are those the nice shows. Well, although you are doing a lot, you're moderating shows, you are gaming, you are cosplaying now, so you are really full into all this. Yeah. Oh my god. Is there anything you didn't do yet you still want to do? On your bucket mm-hmm. list? If you have any. Okay, I did a convention. I already held events. I would like to meet the gaming legends. That is one thing I have not done yet. I want to be a meet. I already know Triforce. But I want to know. I want to meet Billy Mitchell. I want to meet Walter Day. Like the gaming heroes or stalwarts, basically. I, I, I wish they would come down to Jamaica because I can't travel. So I want to oh. meet them okay. before time passes. Are you afraid of flying and stuff? No, I the embassy system is just not cool out here, so it's Ooh, very hard oh, for us to travel. I so see. I wouldn't mind one nice event. I create a nice event, and I can tell I'm not the only one. I'm sure other people who are in gaming would like to meet people who have literally made it, made esports a thing, like because they're still alive. So why not meet them while they're still here? So I would like to do that one day. From what I understood when I was spoken to Ben Benjamin, he said that this cosplay and and esports and this whole industry is still in the starting points at Jamaica. At least he said. Yeah. So I guess probably down the road you will have your chance and, and people from from well Twin Galaxies and other places would come to Jamaica and attend at conventions there, perhaps. Yeah, that would be huge. In time. It's, it's, I'm doing those interviews a lot and I think it also depends a bit on on your perspective, perhaps. When I spoke to Wayne, he wasn't so sure if things are progressing fast enough. I'm not living in Jamaica, I've, I'm not sure if you would agree or not. But he said there are too well, few people being involved in all this. No, that's true. There are too few people. In terms of it not moving fast enough. I think it's moving as fast as... Yeah, I, Jamaica's moving as fast as, as it can. actually can. Because there are too few people. So mm. the two make sense. Will it be forgotten or not make it? Nah, it'll make it because... What's going to happen eventually, and esports is already a global thing, but it's re- the, its global connection is focusing on the major players. And when I mean by that, the major players, I'm talking about like the first world countries. Once the first world countries are fully united and, and in terms of an esports global infrastructure, then the smaller countries will get involved. 
Jamaica, uh, Africa, which is not a country, it's a continent for those who may misunderstand what I'm saying. <clears throat> Africa is already on its way, but Africa is not necessarily connected to any of the first worlds. And me being, going to Africa myself, we realize this that America, Russia, China, Japan, and all these, and even Europe, they're not really connected to Africa. There's some stints that they do here and there, but it's going to be a while first. Once these guys have positioned themselves, so I guess once there's an official Olympic committee at 2024, the Olympics is coming up and they're, they're trying to do something esports with it, although they did something like that in 2016 in Brazil with Rio, eventually Jamaica will get there. Whether it will get there on time or not really doesn't make a difference. Jamaica will get there eventually. We're growing. The scene is growing, especially since more people are learning about it's not just in who knows or who knows it is in it it kind of thing it's more people outside of the game and anime community are learning that there's something like this exists and it's not even just in jamaica it's also globally mm. so outsiders are knowing and corporations are getting involved as well it's shout true. out to digicel they sponsored our booth at anime Confest. i saw so that yes it, yes yeah, it was, it was a huge thing. And game companies too, like Color Switch Colors. actually was the first sponsor yeah. for the Valkyrie's booth at uh, Anime Confest. So, yeah, it's like you said. Entities are getting involved. <laughs> so don't I, I, I interviewed him too. I, he, I will never forget. It's the only guy I ever met in my life who had all his knowledge learned by books. <laughs> oh, That's, you mean David? Yes, yes. I was like, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> how so can fun. that be? He told us he learned everything from books. I can see why book the books today versus books yesterday are completely different. So mm. it, it, there's a lot of there's a vast wealth of knowledge on uh, from the gaming industry found in the books of yesterday, as opposed to today. You want to find any knowledge on anything, you simply go to YouTube, and then you're not going to get all the context to it as you would get in a book. You mentioned growing in other areas of the world. I also saw that there are sometimes roadblocks you wouldn't assume to happen. Like just last weekend, we released the interview with Yuba Rahamani from Ghana. Ghana. And it uh, actually. GTC. And it actually, YouTube hold the video for review for a couple of day days. Probably because it covered Ghana and they were worried it could be about political issues or whatever. And I actually had to write to the support of YouTube partners and ask them to manually approve the video. Wow. <laughs> so that was like, wow. I was like, wow, what kind of issues? <laughs> is it, that and that, super this is exactly, this is exactly why it, these forms of censorships and separation and systems of separation make it bad enough third world countries developing countries and, and developing regions have a hard time trying to build up their scene on top of it they are they just don't have enough people on it today's technology makes it so difficult for them to even get out of the gate. So, That's as true. you said, you pointed out, you did an interview with Yuba, and you had to go get it manually approved. 
and it's just an interview about Ghana in esports and gaming growing. So can you imagine what's being, well, let's not use the word censored because the censored would imply that it doesn't get out. Uh, your article, your video with um, Yuba clearly got out, but this screening process <laughs> yes. uh, you know, is ridiculous. Yeah. So the only people who get pre-screening and pre-approved is yeah. America. Is that it? And everybody else has to be screened first? Mm. It's ridiculous. Everything is political nowadays, even if we don't plan to. The first interview I did, I think it was the sixth podcast we did, or the seventh, a very early podcast, was with the Fractals, mm. the all-female the all-female pro-gaming group from Ubisoft and they gave yeah. us a list of topics we cannot cover like girl, like gamer girl gate or something that happened in, in 2008 I believe in America where yeah. people were against female gamers because female people are not supposed to work and live in the video game industry I was like, oh my god, really? Do we really have to go down yeah. this road? This is and I don't so see weird. why that what why I don't see why that wasn't covered and it's a it's hypocrisy on top of it because guys were being censored the same way by corporations in terms of what are you guys doing playing video games? Get a job. Get That's a real actually life. True. That's cetera, actually true. Yeah. Actually and true. then when the guys yeah. finally when the guys finally break through and get some type of foundation in gaming, then we turn on our own women and say the same thing that the corporations were saying to the guys. I actually covered all of that in a panel I did at AnimeCon. Yeah. Pretty much all of that. Okay. The mm -hmm. fact that women, the women can't, first of all, we naturally look good. Let's <laughs> just get that out the way first. So I think people see that and be like, oh, She's using it for clout. She's a fake gamer. She's just trying to scam people. I'm like, no, there are actual women who look good, who are actually interested in the gaming industry, who do actually do these things, like myself and the Valkyries and other girls who are not even in the Valkyries. So I pretty much covered that. And that it, you should just stop it because the fact that a lot of people were at Anime Confess, guys and girls, celebrating their love for anime or the Japanese culture in their own way, doing their sexy cosplays, their art, their music, their all of that. Why couldn't we take that same thing and just put it online? Why was that so weird? And after that panel I did with Robin, people actually came up to us and thanked us because nobody talks about it. They just go through it and it's just something you don't discuss. But I think that was the first time somebody actually said it. And they were like, thank you, people. Someone needed to say that. And that just shows how hypocritical it is. Like, come on. This doesn't make any sense because video games, there are so many heroines in video games. From Zelda, Princess Peach, Samus Aran, Laura Croft, Chung Lee. The list goes on. And when you look at the way video games are made then and now there's always been a female member in parties whether you're playing final fantasy from fantasy star any video game women have always been a part of it 
it's so stupid. I don't want to use the word hypocritical because it's the word literally is stupid. This is actually stupid that we like something in a game. We see sexy heroine characters, nice body, pretty face, long hair, etc., etc. We fawn over them. They're fictional at that. Then when or and our heroes look good, they got the Captain America body or the Hulk body, whatever. There's an allure, an appeal, an attraction to male and female characters that we accept because they're in the game. But then guys can go to Comic-Con and play as Ultra Instinct Goku, shirts off, they're ripped, they got pecs and all this other stuff, or play as Kratos from God of War, same thing. So whether it's a video game, anime, comic book, it doesn't make a difference. And girls would like, wow, he's good looking, he got a nice body and blah, blah. And they just appreciate it for the art the, of the costume that they're role playing, the, for the character that they're role playing as. But the minute it changes to a girl. That's true, that's true. Yeah. It's, everyone, like the Joker says, everyone loses their minds. And you're like, but, but wait, so, so. The guys can do it. The so guys can do why it. Why can't we do it? But the girls already in the game. There's no different. Like, the only thing you're different is you're actually seeing it in real life being role played in front of you. Yeah, why can't women also do it? Yeah. Let's look at some video games. Just take a moment here. <laughs> Let's say Street Fighter, right? DJ has a shirt off. Sagat has a shirt off. Zangief has a shirt off. Feilong has a shirt off. All of these guys are ripped. So if a guy came to Anime Com cosplaying as their favorite character and you have different, you have a Russian, you have a, someone from Thailand, you have a Chinese guy, and you have a Jamaican guy. And all their shirts are off. If you look at the new Street Fighter, Ryu has a skin, he has no shirt. In Street Fighter 6, Ryu has no shirt. Like, this guy's ripped and he's walking through. And that's cool. And someone comes and cosplays him and the girl's fauna. Oh my God, he got a great body and they can enjoy the art. A girl comes and dresses up as Bayonetta. Laura, Bayonetta, Chung Lee in different Chung Lee costumes. And it's like, why couldn't you play as a girl who had clothes on? Imagine mm. a girl saying that. They come ultra instant Goku. Mm. Put on a shirt. Like, you're just put, taking that off because you have a body and you're showing off. You're like, no, this is how ultra instant Goku looks in the game and the anime. Mm. And it's like, no, you're just using your body to get attention. Guys would look at girls and say, what are you, stupid? No, we're not. They're like, that's how Goku looks. But that's exactly what guys do to girls. And it's stupid. It seems like our interviews always turn into politics and video games and but, how unfair the world is. <laughs> yeah. But that's not politics. It's yeah. really it's really a unfair social issue that's going on because mm. that's not just in games it's just in a part of life like why do guys do that to girls well it's a guy versus girl thing. Well, why well, do I they can, do that i can only speak about how it was in germany it was actually the harry weinstein can scandal from america mm. that swapped over and then disallowed certain clothes for female cosplayers at Gamescom, which is the biggest video game event in the world, actually, with, with half a million visitors. And those have said, okay, so because of this Me Too scandal, we can't have women cosplaying certain characters that show too much skin. And this is how it turned, at least here in Germany. This is how it happened. 
So what happened in America was a way to see things, was the reason to see things different in the German society. Honestly, for me, it didn't really make a lot of difference because I'm not this kind of guy going after girls like that or taking pictures without asking or stuff. But there are them other people that probably are more concerned about that. I always respect everybody. Doesn't matter to me how she or he dresses. At least that's what I'm trying to do. That, that's called decency. Yeah, but that's some so guys obviously can't behave and then they, they made this restriction upon everybody. Yeah, so the guys who do the violation, you punish everyone else as the victims to his exactly. violation. Exactly. Makes, makes sense. There's a word for that. It's called stupid. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I digress. And it's it's not only in the video game world or cosplay world. It also happened that Formula One has no crit girls anymore since then. You know. Uh, yeah, that must suck for them because if that ever spills over into the other sports like basketball and football, it looks like we'll be getting rid of the cheerleaders. And once that happens, you're gonna see the guys go, "Whoa, this is getting out of hand." Ex exactly. This this, this is how it happened. Yeah. But it's good that we have this interview now, so you can stand up for yourself and for other women saying, no, that's not what we want. We don't want society to see us different or put more restrictions on what we are, what we are allowed to do or not. If I imagine I was a girl and somebody would tell me, you're not allowed to dress as that, I would be like, what? It's my own decision how I walk around. For Jamaica. That's not an issue because <laughs> Jamaica has a dancing culture down here. We are very open, very sexual, very openly sexual and talk about the darnest things in our music and all around us, especially the kids. They grew up watching Spice and all and Vibes Cartel and Mavada, so they very much know what's happening. So us cosplaying and doing what we do here is really not much of a difference. Really? It's cosplaying is more, what's the word for this? Tamed compared to dancehall. Jamaica is a haven where girls who, and there's a lot of girls who are in the anime and video games down here in Jamaica, where they won't really get that feedback or that, that pushback because they're like- You're in Jamaica. Bro. You're in Jamaica, exactly. So <laughs> it's, there are some people who say some stupid stuff like, why are you girls dancing like that on the beach? Why are you guys in those swimsuits? We're at the beach. Yeah. yeah. You think we're playing. We're not joking. There are guys who are like, why you girls have to be in bikinis like that on a beach? And we're wow. like... Why are you girls okay. dancing? We're playing just dance. On a beach. Right. Yeah, you're not allowed... You're not allowed to dress up in a bathing suit and dance on a beach to just dance. You're not... Although that's been going on in Jamaica before video games was even invented. But hey. Wow. So, hopefully things will not get so much influence to the negative, but it doesn't sound like it. You are staying in the no, I over there. I mean, uh, the I mean that's, that's actually a thing. When, when the gaming industry and uh, cosplaying and eSport and on is getting bigger for Jamaica, let's say in 10, 20 years or perhaps 30 years, there will also be more influences from outside. That will happen automatically. The question yeah. is what you do about it, what you do with it. Jamaica's gonna always be, Jamaica is a lot more accepting now than it ever was. 
back then in Jamaica, there was a lot of persecution to homosexuals and people who have alternate lifestyles. Now Jamaica is more tolerant. So they're, they're not as accepting, but they're more tolerant. Back then, if you came out and said you were homosexual, you would act, there's a great chance you'd be killed. Now it's, look, if you're homosexual, keep, keep that to yourself. Yeah. Or whoever is it that you're with and whatever the case may be. So Jamaica is a, little, a lot more tolerant. The West has influenced Jamaica to be a lot more tolerant. However, the core of Jamaica's value systems are still African. And that won't change. Because mm. whenever the West tries to come down to Jamaica and they try to be, they try to push their lifestyle as this is the way it should be, as opposed to tolerate what we're like. Once it gets to this is what you should do, then it's like how T'Challa said in the Black Panther, no, we don't do this over here. There was actually some government gathering in mm -hmm. parliament and we have this thing out here called the buggery law so it's pretty much the homosexual act like you can't no public acts of homosexuality and whatnot is pretty much outlawed that's also in the, that's also in the east in afghanistan and like dubai and stuff like that but, go on. but yeah so some i don't remember who it was but somebody came in parliament and they were like we should work on repealing the buggery law and everybody laughed I'm talking opposition and <laughs> and the prime minister, both sides started laughing. They're like, look, like that, that's never gonna happen. You, look, if you want to be homosexual, that's fine, <laughs> but you're gonna have to keep that private. But if you're trying to repeal that law, you will. The people, it's really, it's not even really the, it's not really the, not even government. the it's government. The people, it's the people. If this same issue happened in Kenya, a CNN reporter was talking to the president of Kenya and said why is there such a pushback against homosexuality in kenya and he says it's not really a pushback there's a law built into the constitution where the people of kenya said look whatever you do in your personal life with your own sexual orientations you but we can't have that as public affection or as a like show of affection because they don't want that to i don't want to use this word but they don't want it to affect or influence the core of the culture that Kenya has always been. And the CNN reporter said, you're going to get in trouble. And the Kenyan president looked at him like, get in trouble with who? And he laughed at him. He's like, my people? He's like, I didn't create the constitution. The people did. And that's what the people said. So Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria, Jamaica, they all, um, Haiti, a lot of these countries all have something in common. There's a lot of cultural or fundamental principles from Africa that will always be a mainstay. They'll make some exceptions for tolerance and some exceptions for acceptance, but the core will never change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a bit sidetracked here. The original topic was the panel, actually, the panel you had. So what was actually the result of the panel? The result? Pretty much people saying that they were happy that somebody said it and it's that's just step one the fact that everybody heard and they know who even don't know about that issue like that they know now so it's pretty much just to work on it and work on openness and acceptance and inclusivity because it's, it's not like it's not happening it's already happening the fact that anime confess happened 
and guys cosplaying their favorite characters and women cosplaying their favorite characters being all sexy together in their own rights and like the fact that there's a fight with that same thing in gaming really just a, a shift needs to happen and that's just what left to happen at this point i think the problem is guys that's the problem because this problem permeates in all facets of society it isn't just gaming although that's what we're talking about mm. but for this particular thing that we're talking about to stay on track it's the guys in gaming and anime or pop culture or form of uh, forms of entertainment they're trying to control everything and they're trying to control expressions so guys can do what they want but ladies can't ladies have to if the guys are uncomfortable with what the ladies are doing, restrictions have to be made for them. But if the girls are uncomfortable with what the guys are doing, the guys go, you can't restrict us from our expressions. Ah, oh, that's crazy. It's so interesting because when I remember when I grew up in the 90s, it was a non-issue for me. We would go to the library because it had a computer and it had Tomb Raider installed. And we went there, the whole classroom went there with the girls and the guys and we all had fun playing the game so we never thought mm -hmm. about is oh she is a girl she shouldn't be here or something like wow that's but perhaps as a child you have you have less how do you say less stereotype because as a child you don't think about things like that it's put you're really on into, you when you're you into become the adult exactly yeah when you become an adult then you try to internalize a lot of things that like you really shouldn't internalize you should really just focus on you and your opinion is your opinion how you feel towards something is how you feel towards something but you shouldn't really impose how you feel on somebody else so some people will i never got this this is social media in general you pass a post you read something you don't like and you're somehow compelled to attack what you don't like. Mm. Whatever happened to just, now nah, I don't like this, and just scroll past just it. Just keep scrolling. Whatever happened to that? Or Facebook created these new options and you can- Mute and restrict and- I don't like this content. Yeah. Or content like that. So then it doesn't feed you that content anymore. Instead, people would then comment in a negative way. But they wouldn't like that if someone did that to them. To them, there you go. Personally, I did that too. When somebody posted a picture of somebody vomiting or something, I was like, oh, I don't want to see that pictures anymore. <laughs> yeah, you just, <laughs> if I see something I don't, I just go block this person. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and some people have, some people put out, someone put out something. I don't even want to discuss what it was, but it was just so vile. I don't even know how it even got on Facebook. And in my mind, I'm like, how did Facebook allow this content to go on? And I just put block user, uh, period. Okay, that's, that was the, that's even the extreme comment. option. Okay, that's the extreme yeah, option. Yeah, I just like block, that's it. So it's the same thing for guys who don't like sexy girls who do fan service and whether it may be on the beach or for anime or video games, just... Keep it pushing. Ignore? That option's always been there. 
Okay, I hope I didn't go too deep, but I'm really interested in opinions and how you see things. This is why we are going down this road here. It's interesting because for me it's a non-issue, but for society over there it's an issue for others, obviously. Interestingly, two two weeks after we had the interview with the Fractals, Ubisoft actually decided to shut down the whole female gamer group, saying like gaming got now far enough. Oh, he had some... sorry about that. No Can problem. you repeat that? <laughs> We can cut that out, it's not live, so it's not a problem. Anyway, so two weeks after our interview, they actually dissolved the group saying there's no need to advocate for female gaming anymore because it became normal. I don't know if you would agree to that, probably not. Normal, it's happening, but... I would say it would be normal when people start making a big deal out of it. When guys can stop restricting women into going into gaming. Like, literally, it happens here in Jamaica. When a girl would like to play FIFA or Call of Duty or Mortal Kombat, the guys pretty much run around and be like, well, you know about this game? It's wasting people time. Other people don't like to play this game. So most times when I would go into the game shops, it's really the guys gathered around the console and the girls are in the back playing Candy Crush or something on their phone. And it's really not, it's not really inclusive in that area. But we are moving on from that. It's just a little irks in that area that needs to be fixed. But we are moving on. There is acceptance happening and there is some inclusivity happening. It's just to grow from it pretty much. Normal, I would say not yet, but it is getting there. My, my take on it is that it should never become normal because men are not women and women are not men. There is that, like I was saying, we should be allowed to express ourselves in different ways without being, without one fighting out the other. When I look at, when I look at women and men in gaming, it comes off more like women are just trying to copy what the guys are doing. So essentially, it's not really women. It's just the women version of the men. I liken this to like some type of some of the comic book characters. When just to give you an example, when there's Spider-Man and there's two different types. There's several types of Spider-Mans, but let's try to break it down to just two. You have Miles Morales and then you have Peter Parker. Now they both wore the legendary Spider-Man suit, the originals, and. The experiences of Miles Morales as an African Spider-Man and Peter Parker as a Caucasian Spider-Man are two different Spider-Mans. To normalize it and make it sound like, oh, it doesn't make a difference, Spider-Man Spider-Man would be unfair because everyone will then relegate Miles Morales to just Peter Parker's story and Peter Parker's experience and Peter Parker's life and it, he would just be omitted. The same would happen to girls. I, I think we mentioned this in a podcast with me we, and you We before. did, yeah. We did. Women don't do things the same way as men. So it can never be normal. They don't use the bathroom like us. They don't take in things the same way as they're different from us. So this is one of the core elements of the Valkyries. When I formed the organization and I created the Valkyrie division, the reason why I am not the executive director for it and it's the empress as the directors of it is because I'm a guy. 
I cannot express what a woman expresses. So me saying the Valkyrie should be like this is just a female version of what the guys are already doing. What the Valkyries do, everything the Valkyries doing, a lot of people think it's me. It's not me. It's them. That's what they want to do. And yeah. if you look at the Valkyries and you look at the Knights of Empire Arcadia, we do two different things. The way they play video games and the way they enjoy video games is not the way we play video games and we enjoy video games. True. There are some similarities. Would the guys go to the beach and play video games? We do. True. As a guy, okay. I, see. I wouldn't, yeah. totally I wouldn't go to the beach and be like, hey guys, yo, Red. Yo, you want to go to the beach? Let's go play Just Dance? No. We'll probably bring our Switch, and if there's a game like 1-2-Switch, capture the flag, and we're running after the flag, maybe, perhaps. But the girls will go there, and they'll take their Switch to the beach, and they're playing Nintendo Wii Sports. They're playing 1-2-Switch. They're playing Just Dance. Just Dance and stuff like that. And that's how they enjoy themselves. And yes, can they play Call of Duty and stuff like that? Right. Yeah, they, of course. But... As you can see, there clearly is a difference. So Ubisoft closing down the Fragdoll, this division, is a mistake in my opinion. Because the way girls express themselves, I let's keep it to the, like Just Dance, for example. How many times when y'all run a Just Dance competition, like when you, when there's a guy versus a girl, how many times do the guys go, listen, please don't give me one of them girly songs? Yeah, like literally, I've, as before I picked this song, they're like, please, is it a girl song? Like, girl, don't give me another girl song. Like, they, they want a unisex like, song. I do that for them because there are a few guy and girl duet group songs, so I picked that for them, but it's really funny. <laughs> Some guys don't want to dance to Todrick. They're like, no, I'm not doing that dance. So you have to pick a dance that's like guys. Actually, and someone did. I don't remember which tournament it was, but somebody actually tried. And when they start drop from, no, they're, I'm they're, not dropping. They're not dropping, they're not twerking. They're okay. in their se sexuality, <laughs> but they're like, I'm not uh, doing I'm not that. Dropping. And you have some girls who are like, I'm not twerking either. And they're girls. So that just literally shows you the difference between guys and girls. So there needs to always be the freedom to express. And now with other orientations of lifestyles that there are out there, you have to leave that room for people to express themselves. You cannot just lock this up and be like, the guys, that's it. I'm a guy, and even I'm like, nah, that's not fair. Shouldn't be the goal in the society globally to not make a difference anymore, to just say, there we are all gamers, doesn't matter what gender we have? No? I think everyone's all gamers, and in it and everyone, there are different aspects to it, regardless of your gender, your sexual orientation, your race, your nationality. It, an Arab gamer is an Arab gamer. Why? Because he's Arab. And there are things that they do in the Arab country that makes you go, this is interesting because it's different. If we make everything one thing, then it dries up because it, it's boring. Everyone's the same. So that's know, why people like our Jamaican live streams because the way how we do things and our little expressions and our culture mixed with the gaming is very interesting for people who who don't who have never stepped foot in Jamaica before. They literally get a taste of that through our live streams and our content. So. Different language, 
it's interesting. It's like watching someone from China streaming video games versus someone from Korea versus someone from Japan versus someone from Dubai versus someone from Jamaica or Trinidad or the U.S. or Canada. And you want the diversity. You don't want it all to be... Because if that's the case, then America is going to be like, all right, we have all the power. It's American or, or it's nothing. nothing. Mm. Then it's like, no. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. We are really going deep in here. We almost covered an hour. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know what's there left to cover. We got it all even down to the political and society questions how it should be, how it is, and hopefully things will improve and people mm -hmm. will be more considerative about, as I said, the differences. And of course, the freedom and, well, the freedom to express yourself and your hobby. And, uh, 100%. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm totally speechless because we always seem to go in this direction totally deep. <laughs> Well, that's life. It's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. It's never just one thing. There are layers and layers. Layers, that's exactly. And it, you have to understand why it goes into these depths because 20, 30 years ago, in our era, make it sound like we're old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about just the game. True. Gaming has expanded as a culture now. It's a part of our actual life. It's not just about the actual game and the machine. It's about the people. So every Which is why the, you, the, you should give people the freedom to express themselves because women and men are different, but where we come from is also different. And how we do things there is also different. So we need that range of different lifestyles and characters and places the, like that. The diversity in gaming is now coming from the people not the design of the games. The design of the games still add a level of diversity as well, but diversity to where we can relate to as people, the users, comes from the people. So video games is expanding because of that diversity. If you try to curtail that diversity, video games will just get bottlenecked and it won't grow as vast as it can be. So believe it or not, the diversity actually helps. The issue here is, and we covered this earlier in this in this uh, podcast, is diversity. The diversity, not I'm sorry, not just the diversity, the tolerance of the diversity, of the inclusion. That's what's happening now. So every time you talk about video games, especially when you get into female, that's always going to pop up. You can't hide that because that's a part of what it actually is. It's always going to be that way. Awesome. I guess that's a good verdict. <laughs> what can I say to th At the beginning, for me, I never made really a difference in my world about females or males I'm gaming with. I, I gamed with everybody when I was a child or an adult even. I, I didn't make a difference. But I see what you mean by diversity. And um, I totally get your point there. Yes. But I guess it also depends on who you are talking to. I remember, as I said, when I did the interview with the Frag Dolls, it was very important that I didn't say female gamer and male gamer, but only gamer to not gamer, offense yeah. anybody. But um, isn't that more? Isn't that more like people's 
sensitivity. I think people are overly sensitive. Because I would like perhaps. to know the difference between a female or a male gamer. They both express different things. So if you I just... never understood that. Like, why is it offensive? Like, we're obviously different people. Where guy is a guy, girl is a girl, male is a male, female is a female. Like, I am a female. Like, why? I'm from Jamaica, so a lot of things that would seem offensive to the West, I, I'm still trying to understand. That is something I think I will never understand because why is it offensive? It's what, I, it's what you are. It's what I am. Yeah, so I don't see why. Like I said, I think it's a mistake on on their part. I believe if they if the frag dolls were still around, the just dance is huge. To be honest with you, but the frag dolls could have been the like the official like just dance girls for Ubisoft. But uh, but they, see, there's nothing. Like, we don't want just dance girls. We want people who play just dance, and that's a fair point. But when it comes to just dance, women carry just dance. They, they really do. In Jamaica, the Valkyries definitely carry just dance. That's for sure. The head of the last Fractals team is now actually a community event leader at Twitch. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a good transition. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so. He didn't fall from the tree. True, true, true. Yes, if there's nothing else, I think we got it covered. I actually got more than I would ever want, uh, I ever wished for. We went so deep That's down good. the rabbit, rabbit hole. <laughs> Interesting. Fine. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks a lot. All Keep right. in touch. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.